a win by more than one run bones what what is this new way of winning i've never seen this before I call it Placata, Ben. Vladdy Guerrero, finally, we get a nukeski out of him, but I am a little bit worried about Hyunjin Ryu. We're going to talk about that. We have a lot coming up after an exciting win over the White Sox, picking our moments of the win streaks, and we'll also play a new game, What's More Likely. That's coming up next on Lockdown Blue Jays, which starts right now. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, what did you say last episode? Stitcher? Stitcher, man. That's one of our platforms. That's That's a place you can get a podcast. I've never been on Stitcher before, but we're there. We're also on YouTube. Hey, if you're watching us on YouTube, Bones owns a Leafs jersey. He's not from Toronto, I do. so that's cool. Um, so, yeah, big win for the Blue Jays. They went 7-3 to three over the White Sox. They keep the win streak going, which is the longest active win streak in Major League Baseball right now. Bones, let's just start with the, the bad stuff so we can get to the fun stuff later and get it out of the way. Uh, even though he looked pretty solid in four innings of work, especially after that uh, initial leadoff home run, Hyunjin Ryu uh, again exits with forearm tightness. He had to leave his last start after five innings with what he described as elbow tightness. What's your concern level at right now for Ryu being able to pitch this season? So I've got two takes on this. One, uh, first and foremost, not good to see Ryu go down. Obviously, we don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, and it's just not good when your fifth starter goes down. Were you old? He's 35. Uh, this is certainly a veteran guy. And at this point in your career, you could certainly kind of be injury prone and rack up injuries. And it's not good to see a guy just come off the IL and go right back on it potentially. Uh, so that's not good on the flip side. The positive that you can take away from this is that now we're going to see Strip start again, right? Uh, Ross Stripling is going to start games if Ryu misses a start. That's almost assuredly going to happen, Uh, which is a good thing in my eyes because I don't think Strip is great in the bullpen, as we talked about in our last episode. I think he's a lot better as a starter, uh, and giving up a couple runs in five innings as a starter is kind of fine by me especially when you have this offense behind you. And the other thing that kind of comes uh, in the transitive with that is that kind of forces the Jays front office to maybe push for a reliever if you're going to lose Strip in the pen, who is not in our eyes, but maybe in their eyes, one of the more valued guys there because of his ability and and his past success in L.A. Uh, Of course, he was an all-star, and he's shown flashes with the Jays of being a pretty darn good pitcher. So uh, if you lose him in the pen, you're going to need another reliable arm. and there's really no other way to get it unless you think the Jays are finally going to go get a guy like Jeremy Beasley out of AAA. Potentially, who knows? And I will say, Stripling was good tonight out of the pen. Uh, they did get some good innings from him. Uh, but yeah, I, I almost think, you know, we'll, we'll see if they put Rio on IL. He didn't have to go on IL after he had elbow tightness after the Angels start. Uh, he has been really effective since coming back from the injured list uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Now it is. Uh, But if there's any chance that he's going to knock himself out for a long-term amount of time, then I would put him on 10-day IL. They need him later in the year more than they need him now. And like you said, Stripling can go out and put them in position to win. He's not as good as a fully healthy Ryu, uh, but he's fine 
Uh, and with the way Kikuchi's pitching right now and the consistency you're getting out of Gosman and Manoa, uh, you could probably live without it if you need to. So that's the bad news. The good news is the Jays' bats show up again. Uh, Santiago Espinal hits a leadoff homer. Blue Jays have leadoff homers from both teams in the first game since 2015. Uh, and which is cool. Third time ever. Yeah, stat they said on the broadcast. Uh, I might have found it, but you know, it's not <laughs> like I know someone who's on that. Um, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking credit for that. Uh, it's true, but I don't know why I care. Uh, but yeah, so first time since 2015, third time ever. So that's kind of fun. Jansen homers, uh, Vladdy homers. And it kind of felt like after Vladdy got the infield single, just a weight was lifted off his shoulders. And maybe he was just thinking a little too much. Once he gets the infield single, his head is a little bit clearer. Pat Tabler was talking about it a lot tonight. Blue Jays Twitter was kind of on that tonight, thinking that Vladdy just needs to settle down and trust himself. And when he did, he had a 400-something foot nuke. Yeah, that was cool. Um, kind of thing where maybe you look away from the screen in a second, and then you just see the center fielder going back, and you're like, oh, my God, he did it. Uh, at least that's how it happened for me. Uh, so, yeah, very cool to see Vladdy kind of Back in the swing of things, a two-hit night, including that blast to deep center late in the ball game. You got to love insurance runs because I think all of Twitter as well thought this was going to be a one-run game in the ninth. And I love Jordan Romano, but I didn't want to see his face today. Uh, so it was good that uh, we didn't have to. And, and also really good that uh, this was a game where you didn't have to see Charlie go out there and and pull five guys out of the game and use seven arms. So uh, just three guys coming out of the bullpen tonight, including a really good performance from Strip, like you, you mentioned, two and two-thirds, no runs. Uh, so pretty good on the offensive end, Vladdy especially. And then how about Santiago with the leadoff bomb? That was big. Yeah, that was huge. And the thing about this offense clicking like it is starting to now, uh, you know, you went into the Angel series. Santiago was your best-known quality. He struggled. They won four games. You go into this game. And you're thinking, okay, Alejandro Kirk, honestly, is the one guy we can rely on, and maybe George Springer too. Springer's not in the lineup. Kirk goes 0 for 5, and they score, and they score seven rounds. That's what this offense is supposed to be, and that's what it is right now. They got contributions from pretty much everyone. Bo is the only guy other than, uh, than Kirk who doesn't get a hit, and Bo walked three times in the game. His OPS is getting more and more respectable by the day as it's up now. At 722, we were talking about a 500s, low 600s OPS bow recently. So it's just everyone's kind of hot right now, and it's really fun to watch. Uh, don't forget about my hype train, Rhyme Altapia, two for three. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty big <laughs> for my boy Noodles. Uh, on the other side, my scary Jake Berger, who you might remember the Burgatron that I picked for oh, this yeah. one. One for four today. I'll take it. Uh, so we're doing well in, in the Bonestradamus camp. Uh, and like like you said, the offense did what it was supposed to do. Matt Chapman hit the ball hard. Good things happened. Uh, and the whole offense was there today. Like you said, not a lot of guys who were hitless, and Bo, one of them, walks three times. Are you kidding? Uh, so a lot of good things happening, and it's the kind of feeling you get watching these games that is so good, which is – all right, it doesn't matter. This guy's not going to hit. Somebody's going to pick him up. Because the best feeling you can have about a lineup is when any guy comes up to the plate and you feel like you can get a hit. Um, there's nothing worse than having lineups with huge holes in them. And this Jays one, when it's working and when it's working like it's supposed to and like it's crafted to, doesn't have one. Yeah, it, it does not. The Blue Jays 
are answering all the questions that we had of them right now. They moved. The Yankees were postponed tonight. We're recording after the game, as always. Uh, so they moved five games back of the Yankees with this, which, you know, considering the way they started the season and we're near 500, that's a massive win for the Jays as they try and climb back into it. They're answering all the questions that we were thinking, like, can this offense pick it up? Is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. okay? You know what questions are a little bit harder to answer, though, Bones? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Classic. I walked right into that one. What's your Odyssey? LX or EX? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means either. It's an often pointless and intimidating question. Why wait there for questions like that while someone behind the counter is ordering car parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers like the ones we record this podcast on with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto, a family business that served do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And you can trust that Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And listeners, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take advantage or to take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Uh, it is time for a new game that we will play uh, on this podcast, Ben, which is very exciting. We've had some successful games in the past. Be our name game uh, kind of seems like it's near the end of its life. Maybe we get one more, but uh, there are only so many nicknames in the world. So there might be. Yeah, unless we decide to move off Jays, which is a, a discussion we'll have at a later date. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, he was a Blue Jay still running strong. You'll get one of those uh relatively soon maybe the end of this week or next week but a new game that we will be playing is what is more likely one of us poses a question and the other actually we'll have a debate about it so both of us will give an answer but today i am the quiz master ben which is a nice seat for me to be in because uh you're usually that guy so yeah first one of the statements or the questions i will be serving up is what is more likely for two Blue Jays starting pitchers to finish top five in Cy Young voting or a Blue Jay to win the MVP award? I think the way it's going, two Blue Jays to finish top five in Cy Young, I could very easily see. I mean, like a lot of people, at least, you know, because New York's the big market, are saying like Nestor Cortez might be the Cy Young winner. Alec Manoa's got near identical numbers. And then Kevin Gosman is still probably who a lot of people would say is the most likely on the Jays to finish top five in Cy Young. With, you know, with the way that, that Vladdy is hitting right now, I still think he could bounce back and have a fantastic year. But to be the MVP 
I mean, you have to do what Vladdy did last year, which is pretty much beyond the entire time. He had an MVP level season. He just happened to run into the greatest single season of, of individual performance, maybe ever in the history of Major League Baseball and Shohei Otani pinch it, pitching and hitting. But uh, I, I would say I can't pick a Blue Jay who I think is going to seriously contend for MVP this year, Vladdy included. Uh, and I could see at least two pitchers who I think are very reasonably uh, going to end up near the tops of Cy Young voting. So I'm going to go pitchers. Yeah, we have very similar thoughts in terms of this. Obviously, I picked the I picked two being the number because uh, there are two really really great pitchers right now on the Jays, and being Manoa uh, and Gosman. And right now, obviously, they're they're fantastic. And if you had to pick a Cy Young today, there's a good chance they're up there. But it's a long season, a lot of bumps that we haven't hit yet, uh, and you know unexpected turns that will take. Uh, and on the hitting side of things, in terms of Guerrero, who's probably the only candidate besides maybe Springer, um, pretty Springer unlikely. Nuts. But if yeah. he went insane, if he just went nuclear, yeah. Jorge, he would have to have by far it. the best year of his career. But like yeah, I could see sure. him doing it. Um, um, but but it would be the kind of situation that would be is like maybe Vlad hits the trade or he hits the the All Star break and just turns into an entirely different player, something like we saw last year because. He hasn't really been that impressive this season. He hit that home run tonight. Maybe that starts a good hot streak for him. But up until this point, he really hasn't been anything extraordinary. Um, so I'm going to go pitchers here too, but I don't think it's too out of the question that Vlad could just turn it on and be fantastic again. Um, yeah. So we had I will say, I will say part of it too, like Aaron Judge already has 18 home runs. Jose Ramirez already has, I believe, 52 RBIs on a near 200 RBI pace, which is ridiculous. And Mike Trout is doing exactly what Mike Trout has done for the last decade. It's not an easy year to make a midseason comeback. Like Aaron Judge is five home runs clear of everyone else in the American League. This is true. Already. We're 40 games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the Cy Young one more likely. All right. That was a warm up. It was a softball. Uh, now on to a little bit more of a difficult one. Is it more likely that the the Jays trade for multiple bullpen arms, or is it more likely that they bring up, promote multiple bullpen arms, and the promotions would have to be permanent for the rest of the season? Can't just pull a guy up and pretend him back down. Can't be a fringe guy. Yeah, not like um, not like a we used a guy a bunch and he has options, so we'll send him down for a spot bullpen mm-hmm. relief. Um. I'm going to say trade for multiple arms. I I just think, you know, they have a lot of relievers who have pitched really well, and I know we're early, but I think we would hear a little more rumbling about those guys if oh, I'm rumbling. the Jays were serious. You're rumbling. Uh, I'm rumbling. <laughs> you're, all, you're always rumbling. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I think they are really, really serious about trying to win the World Series this year. And not that you couldn't do that with the arms in the minors, but it's a risky proposition to bring up a lot of the time rookies and try and hinge stuff on that. I think they're looking a little bit more to trade for known quantities that they can pitch in the seventh, eighth inning alongside a Garcia or a Simber so that they don't have to use those guys as much. So I just think, I think, you know, they always said they were going to be aggressive and they weren't until this this and last year where they started to get really aggressive. I think that continues. I think they, they might trade some of those high level bullpen arms for established guys. So here's my thing about this. 
it is if you just want to put it on like what a regular baseball team needs to do to win the World Series. What we see pretty much every year from the World Series winner is you've got a couple great bats, fantastic rotation, or at least a couple great starters, and then you get a great back end of the bullpen, right? That's pretty much routine in what a World Series winning team is. Um, teams like the Rays and like the Giants, while are kind of in another level stratosphere in terms of what they can do with their pitching, uh, the Astros too, they still bring up guys out of nowhere that just end up being superstars in the back end of their bullpen, the Rays especially. Uh, am I saying that the Blue Jays necessarily have the capability of just turning a guy from nothing into something? Not necessarily, but it's not impossible. And when you have a guy, namely Jeremy Beasley, who I've already mentioned in this podcast, uh, who's just he's dicing hitters up in AAA Buffalo right now. He's a 101 ERA, 27 innings pitched nearly. He's 26 and two-thirds, 31 strikeouts in that time. He's been fantastic. Uh I don't see why you don't bring him up. He's he's had major league um, experience before with the Diamondbacks. I don't see why you don't bring him up. Do I think they're going to trade for an arm? Sure, but I don't know if they're going to trade for multiple arms. So yeah. I'm kind of tempted to say they'll promote because I also feel like, not necessarily the word stingy, but they want to use their resources wisely. And I respect that. Um, so I kind of think they're going to promote. But I think I do think they'll trade for an arm, but I don't know if it'll be multiple. Yeah, that's fair. This one was a little bit tighter for me than the last one. Uh, I also wonder, you know, if you if you get a fully healthy Nate Pearson, you don't have to trade for multiple arms. True. Because you True. can probably count on him. But if you don't get a fully healthy Nate Pearson, then you might need to trade for multiple arms because the guys you're calling up, it would be, you know, another step up the ladder. Right now, the guys you're calling up would be below Pearson. Uh, yeah. But like you said, I mean, to a certain extent, Clubs only have so much, and if they like their prospects, like while the Jays are going for it now, they signed, you know, they signed Gosman, they signed Barrios, they signed some guys to long-term deals. They'd like to contend in the future, not just uh, this year. So I could see it going either way. I lean the trades, but the multiple caveat does definitely make it a little bit more interesting. Okay, on to our third one. Back to the offensive side of things. Is it more likely, Benjamin, that a yeah. Blue Jay hits thirty-five home runs this season? or a Blue Jay hits 300 this season? I'm going to say 35 home runs. which In is the dead mostly, ball era? Mostly an indictment on baseball. What's so – let me – I'm going to do some mid-podcast typing. Sorry to our audio listeners. <laughs> it's a classic show. Uh, so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit his 10th home run, and the Jays have played 49 games. 10 divided by 49. I'm doing – yeah, it's a math pod. I just want to see his pace right now. Um, I believe Vladdy's on a 35-home pace. Um, he is on – my computer's working slowly. Not bum, Facebook. Bum, All right. Bum, bum, it's okay. Bum, bum, I'm going to get the pace in a second, but I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to hit 35 home runs. Uh, I don't think okay. anyone's going to hit 300. Espinal has got close, uh, but I would honestly make Vladdy my best bet still on this team to hit 300 because I just think he's the best line drive hitter on the team. It's just not clicking right now. So I'm going to say Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's on a 33 homer pace. Ooh, uh, right. I think if he if he kicks it up a little bit, he could get to 35. So I, I got to go with Vladdy. I take the home runs too. Um, yeah, I think maybe I should have made it 40 home runs. That would have made it a little bit closer. But I probably go 300 with the 40 homers, but I don't know. 
close. I should have made it 37. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take the 35. I just feel like, you know, this style of baseball that we're in right now, this era is so home run heavy. And even with the dead balls that uh, Manfred's chucking at us here, uh, guys are still hitting tanks. Like you mentioned, Judge is just kablamoing baseballs, and it's only a matter of time until Vlad just goes on a hot streak. So uh, I, I see the home runs here, too. All right, our last one, Ben. Do the Jays promote three-plus prospects, or do they trade three-plus prospects? Oh. Oh, I think both of these things might happen, but I guess kind of in accordance with what I said about the relievers, I think I'm going to say trade because I think I, I it falls a little in line here where I, I, think they, I think they probably could do both, but I do think they're going to swing at least one big trade, whether it be – I mean, who knows? We were talking about them needing an outfielder. All of a sudden, like, Lourdes is turning up, and Teo got on base four times today, I think. So you never know. But I still think they trade for another bench guy and a reliever at least, at least one. And I think that probably together takes minimum three prospects because they're, they're active bench guys. I don't think are valuable enough to really ship back to someone unless noodles keeps hitting like noodles be hit. The goat. Um, yeah, I'll take the trade too. Uh, I, I actually don't think those things would usually both happen just because if you're going to trade away three prospects, you probably won't have the means to bring up three guys that are actually good. Um, and also I think they're going to be in buy mode at the deadline. So uh, I think, you're going to see probably more than three prospects dealt if the Jays are really going for it, like we both think they will. Uh, all right. Well, the Jays are looking for a World Series ring this year. Maybe you should look for a ring at BlueNile.com. How about that for a segue? Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as your significant other with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Dot com. Listen, this is a company that has uh, just changed everything in terms of online shopping. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's Brad Klein's nickname, discreet packaging that you don't know what's inside. Um, all right, let's keep going. Thanks for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen today. we got a little more, bit more time to go, but after that, make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. Or, pardon me, make it the Locked On Now podcast. We don't have a thing here. What am I doing, Ben? I'm giving PFS know. a little early. You're high. just it's speaking. Okay. I'm this just guy speaking. showman. He loves to speak. That's what you need to know about him, ladies and gentlemen. I've been around him for four years now, and what I've learned, number one, guy loves to speak. Do love to speak. Would be tough for me in this career if I didn't love to speak, though. It's true. It's true. At least you're in the right spot, man. Proud of you. 
That's thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let's get to the right <laughs> spot on this podcast rundown, uh, which is our scenes of the win streak or big moments of the win streak or whatever you want to call it. We just made it up, so we don't know. Uh, the Blue Jays have won seven in a row. That is the longest win streak actively in Major League Baseball. They've completely turned around their season with this seven-game win streak. At least for now, they're nine up on 500, only five back in the division. So Bones and I are going to pick out what we think so far have been our favorite, most entertaining moments, because a lot of people were complaining this team wasn't entertaining enough at one point. And and it was a just complaint uh, because they weren't that entertaining. But they've had a million great moments. And I don't want to let these go by, like Ferris Bueller said. You don't, you know, you don't stop and look around for a second. You, You might just miss it. So Bones, it could be a memorable moment. It could be a fun moment. It could be both. Uh, but what's what's your moment? What's your scrapbook moment of this win streak? Well, I'm not going to go too far back uh, in time here. Just go back to last Sunday. How about Bo Bichette, a nukeski that tied a game that felt like it went on for 25 years, stepped up to the plate and just smacked one to tie the game off of Ryan Tapera in the top of the eighth inning. That game was really going on forever. And Barucki just blew the doors off of it for the Angels, and you kind of had a feeling of, they're really going to lose this game? Uh, and Bo said, no, fear not. I am Bo Bichette. I've got that sweet flow, and I'm about to hit a nuke ski. And that's exactly what he did. He said, hashtag Plakata, and he put one over the wall, and that was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm going to pick that from my boy Bo. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, after the Jays had mounted that three-run comeback to make it 9-9, and then Stassi hit the homer, I was like, oh, well, that was fun. But I guess it's over. And Bo, honestly, even when he wasn't hitting that well, uh, timely home runs from that guy this year. It just feels like every home run he hits is in, like, the seventh inning or later. So that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll dig that stat up. Uh, My moment comes in the seventh inning or later, like that Bo moment. Uh, But it's going back to game two of the Angels series. So before this was a streak, I think streak started three. So it was a two-game, you know, consecutive win. So the Jays were looking to actually make it a streak. They were down three to two. And Charlie Montoya went into his bag in a way that I just have not seen him do it before. And not like how the new kids say someone's in their bag. I don't really get that one. But uh, <laughs> the Jays were the Jays were down three two. They had nobody on, one out. Rymel Tapia's up, and he goes boom, pinch hit. Danny Jansen single to left, pinch run. Bradley Zimmer, then Guriel singles, Zimmer to second. Then it's supposed to be Kevin Biggio. He goes, boom, pinch hit, Matt Chapman. Chapman singles. It's an infield single, but it's like it's one of those where it probably should have got to the outfield, but it's a great play to knock it down at second base. And Zimmer, his pinch runner, just keeps chugging and scores. The Blue Jays tie it at three. They go on to win the game 4-3. Uh, to watch Charlie just pull the strings like that, like, He's really done well throughout this whole win streak. He's just he's been the puppet master for the Blue Jays, especially with the bullpen that's very depleted every night. I mean, he's found a way. He found a way to win today's game, which is yesterday's game. When you're listening to this, using Ross Tripling and David Phelps. So the way that he continues to pull on the strings, I felt like that was kind of the the initial moment, and that was really fun for me because I I'm a nerd and I like the uh, the tactical stuff and and the uh, the X's and O's. We're pro nerd. We're a pro nerd pod. We are a pro-nerd pod. We're just an anti-Rugnet door pod, but it's fine. Um, that's, uh, 
Well, we're definitely, we're definitely an anti. I can't even believe someone who's a Yankee fan would like Rube Nenador for what he did. Just hey, gave you guys look scary, look scary for half the season. Thank God he's got his. Beard <laughs> he looked better without the beard. No, my he looked like a grown. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> All right, and I think that's where we're gonna leave it. Thank you so much for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, Stitcher. Stitcher, oh my gosh, my voice didn't even want to say Stitcher. Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. We're just limping to the finish here. He's Matt Bonaparte. I'm Ben Shulman. This was rough, but prospect roundups tomorrow, so come back for a Friday episode of Locked On Blue Jays.